Good morning. We want to welcome everyone out there in podcast land that's joining us this morning, and we're glad that you're with us uh, on Red River Rising. Uh, today, we're going to talk about um, intercessory prayer. And the title of our message is, We Got This, Brother. Um, and we do. We don't understand the uh, power that we have in just the ability to pray for the needs of others. So we're going to talk about that today. I think it's a great topic too, Rick. Um, you know, often we find ourselves in a moment where we're we're seeking for intervention on somebody else's behalf. Uh, a matter of fact, a lot of times uh, we do that, especially for family and close friends. But um, I think it's a great topic, so I'm looking forward to getting into it today. But uh, you know, Rick, how you been? Other than that, man, how's how's your world been going uh, here in the COVID nineteen era? You doing all right? Yeah, we're doing fine. Uh, the Lord's blessed us, placed us in a quiet town and a quiet neighborhood, so. Everything's going well for us. That's good. That's good. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, one of the advantages of living in a small town, I guess, is uh, you know that uh, we sometimes are shielded, I guess, protected from some of the mayhem that goes on out in the world uh, sometimes. But uh, anyway, well, I'm glad to hear that, Rick. And for those of you out there, I'll let you know we've been praying as a church, and um, I know me individually, and I'm sure Rick as well. We've been praying for for everybody's well being out there, and you know. Um, None of this, I want to remind you, none of this caught God off guard. So we uh, we stay true and, and hold the course. But anyway, but Rick, uh, let's get into it today then. Right. Start us off here, brother. Well, I, so I'd like to start off with the definition of intercession. It's the act of praying to God on behalf of others, standing in the gap as an advocate, linking the needy with the provider. And, you know, our friends, relatives, neighbors, those around us, uh, you know, you and me, we all got tons of needs continually. Right. And so if somebody's praying on our behalf to God, our provider, um, then that can bring the answer to our situation. All right. And I know we're going to probably get into some of these examples uh, here in a little bit, too. But, uh, you know, um, when would this be appropriate uh, to use? All the time. It should, okay. it, should, it, should, it should be, as we'll see in these scriptures, it should be a normal thing in the Christian walk. Okay. Every Christian's life, they should be pray, doing intercessory prayer on a regular basis. Okay. All right, good deal. And uh, um, I'd like to turn everyone's attention to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And it reads, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So we should be praying for all the saints, our, our neighbors, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our family, uh, ministers. Um, and elsewhere in the Bible, it tells us to pray for our civil leaders as well yeah and i think that uh you know paul also had wrote that uh, we should always pray without ceasing too mm-hmm. so you know uh, when we're talking about praying let's let's clarify this a little bit too we're not talking about just always down on our knees or you know not that there's not a place for that there is and uh, we're not talking about just always in your prayer closet but we're talking about throughout your conversations that you have with god should be all day long mm-hmm. um whether you're driving down the road, walking through the gas, walking through a grocery store, walking into the gas station, whatever it may be, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm constantly, you know, thank, thanking the Lord, talking to the Lord. I mean, just I mean, as if He was right in front of me or walking with me, and uh, so those two should be hand in hand as we're praying and talking to Him. We should also be intercessing then, and that could go for people that we don't even know, right? Then, so we could see those people. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be at an official prayer meeting at church. Right. Um, it, and it doesn't have to be elaborate or eloquent. It yeah. could just be something, you know, as simple as, you know, Lord, please help my neighbor Bob with his 
getting his car fixed. That's right. You know, well, something that simple. Yeah, Jesus even talked about that, right? The praying with the eloquent words, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, that doesn't impress God. Uh, the sincerity of the heart That's right. is what impresses God. That's exactly right. Um, in, in Ephesians six eighteen, the verse we just read, you know, it says, pray at all times. And, um, you know, be alert with all perseverance for all the saints. So, you know, pray at all times means that this should be a regular practice in our lives. Mm-hmm. This should be a daily thing. And like you said, driving to the grocery store. You can intercede on someone's behalf. Yeah, and not to get too far off the the, the subject here, but you, you know me and my rabbit holes. It also says here, pray at all times in the spirit. Now, this is this is important to me because that spirit is the reborn spirit is what it's talking about. And that is the made new spirit to where, you know, that is the perfected spirit, the reborn spirit, the spirit that will live forever. Spirit. So when you're praying in that, that is the perfect connection between you and God, the, the Holy Ghost. So that's when you are, man, I mean, when you are speaking and it's flowing through that spirit, that means it doesn't have to be eloquent words. You're praying in the spirit. You're praying internally. You're praying in that third man that, you know, these things be done as well. Anyway, I think that's important to note that it's not just with your words. It's also within you, within your spirit. Yeah, you know, you could be praying. Uh, I would say half the time I'm praying, I'm praying in my heart. Right. You know, I'm not speaking verbal words, but I'm still communicating with God because right. God knows every thought and every motive of, of our hearts. That's right. That's right. That's right. There's a time to speak things, especially when you're looking for manifestations of things to happen. But there's also a time for meditation on things. And, uh, you know, that's really when you're looking at reflection and inward and, um, you know, um, change that you're looking for and and uh, for purging out of things like that but anyway yeah uh, definitely uh, you know it doesn't always have to be spoken out well let's look at another aspect of intercessory prayer uh, we find it at first timothy chapter 2 verse 1 and it reads first of all then i urge that entreaties and prayers petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men mm-hmm. so he says here you know this verse tells us that intercessory prayer should have priority in our lives, that it's important. Because Paul doesn't say, oh, by the way, if you got nothing better to do, you know, think about other people, talk to God about it. Right. You know, it, he says, first of all. Yeah. So it's important. It's got priority. And, and he didn't say, oh, you know, I recommend maybe you should think about it. He says, I urge. I urge you. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, he wouldn't make it uh, first of all and he wouldn't urge it. Unless it was important, unless it was powerful, unless it was something that can do, you know, mighty things in the kingdom of God and in this world. Right. Well, this goes back to the royal law. I mean, to love others. I mean, that's really what, you know, this all centers about is you can't be uh, praying for somebody else in, in intercessory prayer when you're thinking about yourself foremost. Uh, you can't you can't put somebody else before you if you're always first. Uh, in that, and that's where Paul, when he was writing to Timothy, was telling him, you know, just to look out for others before you look out for yourself, because that's what Christ did, and that's what being Christ-like is. And if you're going to walk out that Christian life, that's what you have to do. Is and you will, and you will automatically, if you understand the love of God, you will automatically do that because then you'll have the love for other people. You should at least, right? Yeah, Scripture tells us that. Um how can you say you love God if you don't love your brother who you can see? That's right. You know, how can you love God whom you can't see? And how how can you say you love your brother if you don't even spend a little bit of time 
praying on their behalf. That's right. That's right. And now, now that's not to say that people we don't we don't slip up and we don't mess up because well, we do. And um, you know, we, we lose our temper sometimes, and we we you know we, we we're selfish sometimes. I mean, all, all that natural part happens, right? And that's why the Book of Romans was written so much about um, you know not living under the law with those things, but. Still, it's it's a it's a constant walk in growth and development, and you ought to each time recognize those things and and take it to the Lord and and say, Lord, help me with this. And then each time should be easier and easier and easier. Yeah, and, and the the key is just to get going. That's right. Um, you know, like anything, you have to put a little bit of effort in it at first sure. to get into that habit right. of doing it. Because in in today's world, we get so preoccupied or distracted by so many things. That's right. You know, we've got. Uh, televisions with 500 channels yeah. you know we've got uh, social media we got the internet and computers we got music you know cds D, well cds is kind of <laughs> outdated now isn't it it is it's getting there yeah <laughs> so um but we got all these things that can distract us away mm. from intercessory prayer so it's going to take a little bit of effort to get into the habit into the practice of praying on behalf of others on a daily basis absolutely absolutely and, yeah, I'm sorry. Just a real funny side note. You said something about CDs. My son saw, my son is 11, my, and uh, saw an eight-track tape yesterday for the first time. <laughs> Blew his mind when I told him, you know, what it was. He had no idea. Were you at the Museum of Ancient Artifacts? <laughs> we were actually, we stopped at a yard sale of all things, a garage sale we had stopped at, and we're just kind of killing some time, and uh he walked by and said, Dad, what in the world is this thing? Picked it out. I said, that's an 8-track, man. The only thing that they were missing was the player. I wish they'd have had the player, but they yeah. didn't have that. But yeah. Anyway, that was a little, I thought it was funny. Yeah. All right, getting back into here. Sorry, Rick. No problem. Hey, we, so the next verse we're going to talk about is that 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. And it reads, You also joining and helping us through your prayers, so that thanks may be given by many persons on behalf of on our behalf, for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. So Paul's saying here that by the prayers of many, favor was bestowed upon them and their ministry. So through our intercessory prayer, we can have a positive impact on the success of a ministry. And, you know, we should be praying regularly for our pastors and Absolutely. our leaders, our Sunday school teachers, the, the teachers that teach our kids in Sunday school, the teachers that teach our kids in public school. Right. You know, our intercessory prayer can have a positive impact on those things. You know, the Bible also tells us that uh, the, the the fervent prayers of a righteous man uh, avail as much. So, you know, it, it, it does matter. And um, who you're praying for, what you're praying, and uh, can, can carry a lot of weight and have a massive influence um, that they don't even realize can happen uh, in their lives. So, most definitely, we should be praying for even those that we don't agree with. We should be praying for them, um, not praying maybe so much for success in what they're teaching, but we ought to be uh, praying for, you know, an eye-opening experience for them to come a revelation and have truth mm -hmm. um, and be able to change the, their ways with that. All right. Well, so, um, again, I just want to kind of summarize intercession. Intercessory prayer is the act of praying to God on behalf of others. And we just read three scriptures that tell us it should be a regular practice in our lives. It should have a, a high priority in our lives, and we can have a positive impact on the ministry of others just by spending time in intercessory prayer on their behalf. 
So uh, I'd like to talk about some examples that we find. There's actually, there's just uh, tons of examples in the Bible of intercessory prayer. We're going to go over about four or five of them here. Um, the first example is Job. He prayed on behalf of his three, quote, friends, unquote. I like to call them <laughs> accusers. Uh, you, you know, if you're not familiar with the story of Job, um, he was afflicted by the devil. Um, his uh Kids were killed. His property was stolen. Um, his livestock, you know, taken away. Just so he went from, you know, riches to rags. Yeah, his health was even impaired. Right. right? His yeah. health health was attacked. Yeah. Um, so you know, in a matter of a short period of time, he went from riches to rags. And uh, and while he was wealthy, he was well admired mm-hmm. and revered. But when he had everything taken from him, he was despised. Yeah, I think he, he was respected, and not only was he respected for position, they thought he was respected for his relationship with the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So it's funny how when you were up on the mountain, he was looked at as being, oh well, you know, he's he's he, he's the man. He he's got the relationship with God. But the moment that something didn't go right, his friends, quote unquote, mm-hmm. huh? yeah. yeah, his three friends came and, um. I don't know if they were well-intended or what their motive was, but all they ended up doing was falsely accusing him. Right. You know, they they basically told him it was his fault his kids died. Yeah. It was his fault all this bad stuff happened to mm-hmm. him. He was a wicked sinner and needed to repent. Yep. And, um, and then Job, you know, and we shouldn't judge him because I don't think any of us could stand up under that kind of circumstances as well as he did. But wow. he did. Uh, sink into self-pity yeah. and he did accuse god see satan afflicted him but he blamed god for it mm-hmm. and you know he said i you know i didn't do anything to deserve this punishment from god i'm innocent you know god shouldn't have done this right. so he accused god of being unjust yeah. and then god shows up on the scene and, and has a discussion with Job. you know god could have just killed him with a lightning bolt right you know but God is patient. He's he's loving. He's kind. He see he saw the big picture. Yeah. He knew that that Job was being uh, smacked around by Satan. Yeah. And so he wasn't just gonna you know if he had just killed Job then Satan would have won the victory. Right. So you know God shows up has a discussion with Job, and then Job realizes he misspoke about God, mm-hmm. and so he confesses it and repents. Right. Um, his three friends were there too. Right. While all this was going on and they, you know, had the opportunity to confess and repent of, of falsely accusing Job, mm-hmm. but they didn't do it. Right. You know, they're like, for whatever reason, pride or whatever. It's like, well, if we just sit here and be quiet, maybe God won't notice us and we can slink away <laughs> later. You know, we won't have to admit anything publicly. Right. Um, but God confronts them after he talks to Job mm-hmm. and he says, you know, you have inflamed my wrath against you, and therefore you need to do some animal sacrifices, and Job will pray on your behalf. Now, this is very interesting because Job had just got done repenting, and God instantly restores him to a position of right standing, so much so that he gets to be a priest interceding on behalf of others. Right. And and um, so this you know this shows if we. If we repent of our sins, if we confess and repent of our sins, we are instantly restored back to God mm-hmm. in right standing with God. We don't have to go out and do you know a hundred hours of public service. 
<laughs> we don't have to pray 10 of these prayers or 20 of those prayers or anything like that. No. You know, um, we're just instantly restored back to uh, right standing with God. And that's what we see here with Job. Absolutely. And so, um, but Job's uh, three friends slash accusers, you know, they didn't confess and repent of their sins. So they had to do animal sacrifices mm -hmm. to appease the wrath of God, mm -hmm. to to pay the price for their sins. Um, you know, all Job had to do was confess and repent with a sincere heart. Right. You know, they could have too, but since they refused to do that, they had to do animal sacrifices to save their, you know, themselves from the wrath of God. Right. And so God calls on Job to, you know, pray on their behalf. And, and, you know, thank goodness Job submitted because he could have, he could have taken offense at these guys, mm -hmm. you know, because they, they just, you know, kicked him several times when he was down at his lowest point. When he needed help and encouragement, and they just kicked them all around. Right. And he could have held a, a grudge and said, you know, there's no way I'm praying for these guys. Sure. But he submitted to God, and he prayed on behalf of, of his friends, and they were they were forgiven. And um, interesting is, though, Job's possessions and wealth, he wasn't restored back to a prosperous life until after he submitted to God, obeyed God, and prayed for his friends. <laughs> 